Hey guys, it's Joe from the Modern Heathen Man. Today is the second of, um, well, this is the second podcast I'm doing today. But this is for a very specific reason. In modern heathenry, we look to the gods and we talk a lot about ancestor veneration. Now, ancestors, most of the time, we consider people that have um, long passed. But in ancestor veneration, we have to remember those that have passed before us and those that are gone already, that may already be in the um, afterlife. Um, as a young man, I had a sister of mine who was um, 25 years old and she passed away. She died of complications of childbirth. And she was younger than me, obviously. And she left behind six children. To them, she is their ancestor. To me, she is my sibling. But she is also an ancestor because she's part of my family tree. She has passed on before me. So we talk a lot about ancestor veneration. Today, June 10th, would have been her birthday. She's been gone now for almost 17 years, more than half of the life that she lived in 25 years. Almost all of her children are grown and on their own. Her daughter now has a daughter of her own. Her sons have children of their own. And we have to look at ancestor veneration as what do we do? <clears throat> well, in my family, we remember her birthday. We remember the birthday of those that have passed on before us. We remember them often and tell their stories quite often. We tell the younger generation who these people are and what these people have done. We share fun stories. We share sad stories. We share stories of them being mad at us and us being mad at them. And we share stories of the heartache and stuff that we had together. So ancestor veneration is an important part of what we do and how we do it and what we need to do consistently. So today in this special portion I'm going to talk a little bit about my sister, talk a little bit about her life, talk a little bit about her death, and talk a little bit about how we can venerate our ancestors. So come along and join me as I uh, delve into this. I'm not going to put any commercials on this one because this one's a little to the heart. There may be a couple breaks here and there, but I don't know. We'll see. So let's delve right into it. <clears throat> So I remember I was probably about four or five. I was born in 1972, and my sister was born in 1976, so that would make me four years old. And I remember mom going to the hospital, and I remember a little bit about the talk that um, they had with me that I now have a baby sister. I had already had a baby brother, but I don't remember him being born because he was born a year after I am. I don't remember that part, but I do remember my little sister being born. And I remember the conversation that my parents had with me about being the old brother and being the older brother and protecting my sister from people and being the protector for her when my parents weren't around. And 
you know, all the old things you remember like that. All the old stories your parents taught you that we live today. So I remember the day she came home from the hospital, the excitement. And I remember getting in trouble, so bad in trouble. Because I think, I think she was about a year old. And my mom and dad were up late the night before with her. So they wanted to get some rest. So me and my brother were in the living room of the house. And they, it was a two-story home. So the bedrooms were upstairs, and the living room was downstairs. And uh, they brought um, her down, put her into her playpen. If you guys remember the old playpens, and uh, let her there, and she was asleep. And me and my brother got up, and we were too short to get her out of the playpen. So we decided that we would take steak knives and make holes in the playpen so that she could get out when she needed to get out and she could get back in when she needed to get back in. <laughs> anyway, my parents did not take too kindly to us doing that. And we're in trouble for quite a bit about it. And that, that was the first trouble I got into with my sister. There were so many more. It was just un unbelievable. When she used to bring boyfriends home, you know, when she was younger, we'd make sure her brothers we would scare them really well. I mean, just, it was an old, uh, an old story of going fishing with us where you would not like to go fishing with us after a while um, if you were one of her new boyfriends. But if you were a good boyfriend, you did enjoy fishing with us later. So either way, um, that's the thing. So we progress where my sister begins to have children. And my sister actually had six children. She didn't have an easy life. Uh, we lived in a big city, and, you know, things were hard to come by, and life was hard, um, especially for a young mom. She was single. She didn't have a husband, so things were really hard, but she ended up having six children, and um, not great life choices, I'll be honest with you, and but we all have our, our ways of doing things. We all have our, you know, our problems and our baggage and everything else, um, but I remember the last time in the hospital, she was having twins, and she was so excited to have twins. And she was having two twin girls. Um, she had some problems. They had to do some surgery before the girls um, came, but they came, and she named them. She got to handle them and feed them and everything else, and she was... She loved being a mom. Let's just say that. She loved being a mom. I mean, it's a pain in the butt sometimes, but she really did love being a mom. Went home... Did some stuff at home, was home for about a week. And then all of a sudden there was a problem. I remember getting a call at about three three ten in the morning, three fifteen in the morning, from my brother from New York. Um, that he got a phone call that she had passed away. And at first I thought it was a dream. I thought my brother was dreaming because he has nine years. And I said, No, it's a dream, go back to bed, wake up later and you know, call me back and it wasn't a dream. It was it was the reality of our life, and it was the reality of life that focused with us. And I had to go tell my dad that she had passed away, one of his baby girls, and it was just a really, really hard time for us as a, as a family. We stuck together, did what we were supposed to do. Through it all, it was really hard. It was really, really tough, you know, burying your young sister who has six children, telling her children that she'd not be coming home again. Um, the unsurety of their future, 
Um, they don't have to go with their parents. Um, court battles and everything else that led up to where they were placed ultimately with my dad and my grandfather except for two boys who went with their dad um, so we we had to fight quite a bit um, for the children to stay with us and stay together today luckily they're all friends they're all together they all talk to each other constantly which is really good is what we wanted we wanted them to remain together now, in that, we all continue to honor that relationship. We honor her as our sister. We honor her as their mother. We honor her consistently. Ancestor veneration isn't just, you know, looking at them for what they can do for us. Ancestor veneration is also looking at we, what we can do for them. We need to focus on remembering them, remembering the times with them. Remembering the good times, the bad times, the adversity, the overcoming, everything else that goes along with being an ancestor and being in a family. That family unit of elder, younger siblings and everything needs to continue to flow with us, even though they're gone. So today being that day, each and every one of us posts on Facebook something about her we post pictures so all of our friends and family can see her know what she looks like that the younger generation can remember her we tag each other and the things we say and uh, we have a good crime we have a good laugh we have a good time remembering the stupid stuff we did as kids and the stupid stuff we're going to do as adults and talk about what she would have done if she were here and how she would have been yelling at us and our nicknames for her and what she called us back and forth and um, things of that nature. So ancestor veneration is so much more than just putting a picture out and saying, oh, that's your great grandfather. I remember him because he was in the war. You know, it, it goes into things like, oh, that's your, your Aunt Jennifer and she did this and she did that. She didn't make good decisions. She made some bad decisions like we're all going to do. But for the most part, she lived, she had children, she did what she had to do. Unfortunately, she's gone from us before she had a chance to build her life and make it what it was. She got to be young and dumb, like we all were, and that's the way she stays in her mind. Not dumb, but loved, missed, cherished, and longed after continually. So today, we say happy birthday to her. And August 13th, we will remember her death day. Um, whenever we have get-togethers that are big family get-togethers, we put her name tag at a chair that remains open, that no one's allowed to sit at, that receives food, that receives drink. And when the younger generation questions why it does, we tell them the stories of those people. We tell them about Althea, our grandmother. We tell them about Earl, our grandfather. We tell them about Jennifer and Rose and Emma and Annette. All those people that have gone before us, and Ed, and um, John, and those people that have gone and are missing, that would like to be there but cannot be there. We then tell them stories about going fishing with John and getting his lip caught in a freaking hook by, by somebody else, and just the fun time we had. 
with that. We talk about the good times, we talk about the bad times. But most of all, we just remember them and remember those stories so that that generation has those stories as well. And in passing down those stories, we create our own sagas. We create our own um, eddas of what went on in our life and our own family stories and our own family sagas of how we got here and where we're going and what was going on and through stories, through the retelling of stories. And one day somebody will write them down and you never know, your family may be famous with a saga. So for ancestor veneration, this is a small episode. It's only, I think, going to be maybe 15 minutes long, but um, just coming to you personally, it's me talking about my ancestors, ancestor veneration. Um, Post your stories, you know, tell other people about people that have gone that you miss. Um, remember them often, hail them, talk about them, have pictures of them. As a matter of fact, in this episode, I want to post a picture of my sister and her best friend. Um, one of her best friends, I should say. She had three best friends that were really cool in her life. So either way, um, do that. Let's hear from you. Let's hear what you all have to say. And I'll, uh, I'll be sure to post it up there uh, if you do. And uh, you can be part of this podcast. Just you know, remember um, who your friends and family were. And if they've gone before you, let us know who they are. If you can, if you can share that. If you can, I understand. So anyway, um, that's about it for now, guys. I want to thank you for joining me for this um special podcast of the modern heathen man um, talking about ancestor veneration others too today so i'm sorry just listen to it at your leisure this one's a little more of just me being personal with you so go ahead and leave your own personal stories again if you like if not i understand um, i look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow well, actually i won't talk to you tomorrow i'll be story time tomorrow but either way thank you all for taking the time to listen have a great day